You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to an off-season version of the Zone 32 podcast. Yes, there are other games being played, but the Ravens aren't playing games right now, so it's our off-season. But we have some things to get into. But first, here's the people. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Dave. His name is Grant. Say what's up to the people. Nope. Smart man. He's listened to previous podcasts. So you know what? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Let's get into it. Greg Roman got fired. One of the three things that we've been clamoring for on this podcast has finally happened. That fat bastard who's been here two years longer than he probably should have is finally four. gone. No, I wouldn't say four. I mean, 2019 four. was a good year. You, never you should never should have Browns. Never should never should hired. Never should have been. Here. 2019 was cool. He just should have been hired by the Browns. Oh, so simple as that. Cleveland Browns should have hired him instead of Ken Stefanski, but that's that's a different. Nah, that's the same subject. Cause fuck that fat fuck. Anyway, <laughs> Drew, let's celebrate. And furthermore, who do you want to see become the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens in 2023? I don't know. I've been I've been pushing for Greg Roman to be fired on the internet for like three full years. Um, it was great to finally see my hard work pay off that they let his contract expire and let him walk so they didn't even give me the satisfaction of firing him. Um he pulled the, you know, I, I'm not I'm not fired, I quit. Um honestly I just I want a Kubiak as as our offensive coordinator because that was the last time that I actually liked an offensive coordinator that we had. I feel like uh um, son or are you talking about you're talking about the dad. Clint Gary Clint Clay Clint Clay, Gary, their fucking hick uncle that, you know, might watch football every Sunday. I, I don't even We're on the same wavelength. Yeah, we're on the Any, same anybody way named Kubiak. Um, I everybody loves that Slowick guy. Uh, I can't get over the fact that he looks like Carson Wentz, so I want him nowhere near calling offensive plays for us. Um, you know, might be might be a good offensive coordinator. I have no idea, but I just can't. Every Carson Wentz, see- who knows? Carson Wentz might be good at calling plays. He's just not good at executing plays. So yeah, I'm, I mean that that could be very true. I mean Carson Wentz with a clipboard. You know, who knows? Who knows what could happen there? He's got Jesus uh, on mind- his side, so. I don't mind Frank Reich either. Um, so Frank Frank Reich and Eric Bieniemy are the two, um, you know, established coordinators that interest me. Uh, we have a Chiefs fan here, you know, Visionless Dave, who can probably weigh in on Eric Bieniemy. I know he's been very vocal about him leaving Kansas City, but I feel like if Eric Bieniemy wants a head coaching job, he needs to step away from Kansas City and prove that he can kind of, you know, call an offense and not have Patrick Mahomes and not have Andy Reid. And so this is like an interesting spot for him to prove it. I also don't know if I really want like a proven offensive coordinator, which is why I think Frank Reich might be the better option out of the two. I, I would say that a Kubiak, Reich, or Biennemi are probably my top three right now. And Greg Roman better not fucking go to Michigan, or I'll probably kill myself. That's definitely happening. We need that to happen. I one hundred percent that's happening. I will. I, think, I will literally yeah. kill myself. So I, I want to uh, just acknowledge. You know, we've we've mentioned Dave twice. But we didn't give him a proper introduction. We're happy to have. Uh, he doesn't need an introduction. He he's does. Like the most, he's the he most does. known. He's the most known non-Ravens fan <laughs> on Ravens Twitter. It's true. I would say. But I just want. <laughs> I just want everyone. I want it to be clear for anybody who might be might have their podcast speed on like 1.5x. They didn't pick up on the 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 you know very short references we've made that Visualist Dave is on the podcast today. And then as our guest, I want to give him. The, the opportunity to respond to everything you've said here. So, Dave, you, you have the floor. Yeah, so I, I am a Chiefs fan, uh, Chiefs fan coming in peace. But also, um, 
I've always had a, you know, respect for the Miami Hurricanes fan longer than I've even been a Chiefs fan. Uh, we all know the success that Miami Hurricanes players have had in Baltimore. So I, I have a kind of friendly respect for the Ravens. Now, if it ever came down to it, which it will probably in the near future where the Chiefs are playing in the Ravens, I will be tweeting that Lamar is the receiver and things like that. We're just going to have to move past that during those conflict weeks. But yeah, I I don't sure. know about... I, I've been very vocal about wanting the enemy out of Kansas City. To me, I get externally why people like him. I think if you follow the Chiefs closely, there have been a couple things that have bubbled up over the last few years with Tyreek and Mahomes having disagreements with the enemy. And I think, you know, that's naturally going to happen with a coordinator. But and here's another thing people don't realize is he does not call plays. Like they say he calls plays. What happens is Andy calls the play to the enemy who then relays the play to Mahomes. So that's kind of like the little workaround they do. Uh, I don't know how big of a part of the game plan he is. I'm sure I'm sure he's knowledgeable and stuff. I just I don't think he's as proven as everybody assumes he is for how long he's been around and and how much success he has technically had in Kansas City. Well, and so that's the thing that kind of interests me with him is like he's gone out on all these head coaching interviews and he never gets the job. So I feel like it's got to be he's either bad at interviewing or people, you know, think the same thing as you that, you know, he's just kind of the middleman for Andy Reid. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. sitting behind Andy Reid all those years, like he's obviously had to pick something up. He's he's clearly not dumb. And so if it's kind of, you know, maybe it's his spin on Andy Reid's system, uh, that might be, a, you know, a nice change of pace from Greg Roman. And obviously him and Harbaugh would get along with the lack of clock management because uh, that's an Andy yeah. Reid special. So, well, yeah. And, and, yeah. And oh, also right on. on that topic, too. But uh, I mean, a lot of these guys we're talking about wanting are they're not even coordinators. They're, they're position coaches or they're guys that, that have been around systems that work. So, you know, obviously B enemy uh, has a high profile. Everyone knows his name. He's done all these interviews for head coaching positions and everything else. But um, you know, I, I, I don't question what you're saying, Dave at all, but the fact that he, like Drew said, he's been around uh, Andy Reed. That's it's really the same concept of, of any of these guys that we're 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 mm-hmm. wanting a guy from a, a system that throws the ball well that has you know can balance the offense. Obviously, Kansas City has had trouble at time with running the ball, but I think that's more about the player than it is the system. Like mm-hmm. you guys had uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, yeah. Well, and that too. Their left but, tackle sucks. I but don't know where but yeah, since, since you switched, yeah, yeah. Where do you come from? Uh, since you guys switched to Pacheco, you guys have been running the ball like crazy. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's a system issue as much as a player issue in Kansas City. And I think that they have obviously tried to fill that role out there with guys who can catch the ball because it is a, a pass first offense. But, um, yeah, I, I would be excited if we if we got the enemy. Uh, I'm you not holding, do, holding my breath, but I, I think you could do a lot worse. I think he would be better than Reich. I mean, Frank Reich, I have a real issue with. He's been fired from almost every job he's had dating back That's to true. The Cardinals, I think, have fired him twice, or the Colts have fired him twice. The Cardinals have fired him. He had really that flash-in-the-pan success under Doug Peterson, and it goes to kind of the same thing with Andy and Biennemi. It's like I think we can all pretty clearly see that any offensive person under Doug Peterson is going to succeed pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't – that people got mad at me for saying this too, but I just think after watching Hard Knocks, he's a super corny – like religious weird guy. I don't have a problem with religion. I'm probably so myself, but I, I just don't think 
that's the best fit for Lamar. I'm not saying Lamar would be like, oh, I don't want a, a white coordinator, but I'm just saying like he is a guy that like loved Carson Wentz. And I don't know if the same person that loves Carson Wentz is really going to click with Lamar. I think they're like polar different sides of the spectrum. Maybe, like but remember, themselves. remember remember that MVP season or MVP uh, conversation season that uh, Wentz had. What was it? 20... Mm-hmm. 2017, whatever year it was, um, there was a lot of RPO in that offense that they were running. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not that the system wouldn't work and not that Lamar needs RPO. It's just I think uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's a good wrinkle with Lamar because he's such a a threat to run the ball. But um, what I heard, though, is that Reich's uh, passing game, that his passing scheme is predicated on throws that are uh, short and intermediate over the middle of the field. So I think that's, that's something we've already been doing that though. So it's like, I, I don't know. I think it's a, we need, we need someone. I'm not as excited about Reich as I would be about B enemy just because B enemy has been out in Kansas city where the, you know, it's it, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, well, that offense is like what everybody aspires to. So, well, and here's another thing too. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but I've heard a lot of rumblings and rumors that, players don't really like the enemy. Like there's a lot of beef that players have with the enemy, like arguments and disagreements. And he's kind of my way or the highway type dude. And I don't think Lamar wants to go have to deal with that and have to deal with John Harbaugh. Cause they're both kind of essentially the same type of person in that aspect. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been reports that have came out specifically last year after there was like a little, there was a blow up this year too, but there was one last year. And there used to be clips you could find of it. And there was this big article on it on one of these chief sites. And like, it was up for like two hours and then got completely taken down. Like I've seen the chiefs like (laughs) wipe things from the internet talking about these issues with the enemy, which is really makes me, I'm, I'm I'm not a conspiracy guy necessarily, but it, it is weird how like I saw stuff just completely disappear. And then everyone always cites like, in press conferences, everyone says good things about the enemy. I'm like, of course they do. It's a it's yeah. a press conference, but there is definitely something um, to that narrative that he has had conflict with kind of the star players before. For sure, well, I think it was I think it was this past off season during the head coaching hires, but I think it was Lashawn McCoy that came out and like cooked him mm-hmm. too, and was like, you know, basically fuck that guy. Like, I thought it know. was Le'Veon. I thought he. Uh, was it, it, no. it might have been Le'Veon. No, it was I think it was both. It was both. It was both. Le- 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 but I think they said after but, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they both actually went after. I don't know if it was. I forget which one. No, it was definitely Le'Veon Bell. You're right. Who said? Who he was speaking specifically about Andy Reid. He said, "I'll never play for an yeah. Andy Reid team again or Andy Reid offense yeah. again, or something like that." Yeah, Lashawn McCoy has gone after him. I've heard from sources like because it makes you wonder. He's interviewed for I think like double digit head coaching job, like close to 20. Oh yeah. And uh, the last number I remember hearing was 14 and there's been more since then. So it makes you wonder why isn't he getting a head coaching job? I've heard he is a terrible interview. I've heard from people that have sat in on his offensive game plan meetings that were just like shocked that he's even in that position. Like just, he couldn't lead a meeting. Um, But look, I mean, he also has some skeletons in his closet that in 2023, I'm not sure you could have as a head coach. I think you could maybe gate by as a coordinator or a positional coach with them. But I think if people go looking into his, I mean, I can't think of any other head coaches that have had, you know, a huge. Didn't like, Matt Patricia leader. have something like that come up? Matt Patricia had was... something like that come up, but that was after he heard and it was like, 
I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pick sides on it, but it was a thing that happened 20 years ago that no one ever pressed charges, but it, they didn't know that till after they hired him. If that was gotcha. out before, I'm pretty sure teams would have thought twice about hiring, but it just, it, it'll, no one seems to mention that. I don't think it's the main reason, but I do think it could be a contributing factor. Will and I pointed that out last year because I remember we got in this heated debate with some idiot sports talk analyst. He had a radio show. And was telling us that Vietnamese not doesn't have a job because of racism, and I, I specifically oh, yeah. about the uh, the stuff that happened in Colorado. That's mm-hmm. like uh, you know this could be a red flag. So uh, you're right though that that's that could be holding him back from a head coaching job. What about Matt Nagy? What do you think about him no. as an offensive coordinator? No, I'm on the Zach Robinson train. I mean, I like I mean I was looking more into him, and I mean he's he's got what you would need. But the only thing with him is, is if he comes in and gets a quarterback like Lamar, what he could effectively do with Lamar in that offense, especially if they get another weapon like D Hop, Mike Evans, somebody like that that are rumored. Like he's a one and done. Like he's a young guy. He comes so in and lights it up yeah. with Lamar. He's a one and done. I'm not even sure that he takes an offensive coordinator job because I'm not convinced he doesn't get a head coaching job. I know They're that he's not, not right now. to be tough. But that's what I'm saying. That's what happened with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know if you remember. He got fired from Texas Tech. He took that offensive coordinator job with USC, but then he had the head coach job with the Cardinals like the next week. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Zach Robinson is going to be one of those names where it just kind of escalates quickly and somebody stupid like the Cardinals might hire him. Yeah, I, I want somebody from like that type of you know West Coast style. Like I want like somebody from the Shanahan tree. I want somebody from. The, yeah, you, <laughs> you did you know, it. He said, he said I, the did, bad word. I did. I did. Whatever. He's a great fucking coach. Just say um, the Kubiak. Just say the, the Kubiak tree. Just say the Kubiak tree. The Kubiak tree or like the McVeigh tree right now. I mean, like like something that's gonna open this offense up. And like that's the most frustrating thing is being a Ravens fan is even the lack of receivers, there's a max amount of weapons. And it's how they're used, when they're used, and why they're used. And none of it is effective. And the thing that gets me about John Harbaugh, and I mentioned on here before, is he doesn't have the ability to step on either side of the ball and like take over or give input or anything like that. He's just basically like a skeleton that stands there and makes a weird face whenever something goes bad. But see, that's cool if you have competent coordinators. Problem is, is that mm-hmm. he doesn't. He has he has you know the moron up in the booth that has you know not anymore. He, he had he had, had. 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 But I'm saying that you know. The the worst thing John Harbaugh has ever done in his entire career is standing up for Greg Roman. And now that he's gone, maybe he kind of learned. He's like, oh, shit, like this is why people hate me. Yeah. I I want Harbaugh dead. You know, I want Harbaugh dead and fired before that press conference. And then they, you know, put out, well, Roman put out the statement that he was, you know, leaving on his own to go pursue other opportunities. And I was like, John John Harbaugh's not that bad of a guy. Like I'm willing to give him <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, yeah. So the the main thing with with them with Bienemy being on the list and some of these other names, and I think there's been like seven or ten names leaked out already, or something like that. Fourteen, me, I think, is what I last read. Okay, so uh, for the most part, they've all been very much uh, lean towards the past. So, um. I mean, that's encouraging. So, like, even the fact that Eric Eric Bieniemy's name is in the group to me is a good thing. Whether he's a real like strong candidate or not, or they consider him to be someone they are like have strong interest in, or they even have a strong chance of signing, uh, I don't care. Just the fact they're talking to him, I think, is is good uh, because of his his track record, where he's coming from, and his background. Um, but Drew, you you were saying um, without revealing 
the person the conversation happened with. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was this is actually when the uh, fire Greg Roman stuff got left in front of um, the castle. I, I talked to somebody actually that kind of like randomly hit me up because I tweeted something and they wanted to weigh in on it privately. Uh, I was about a like security at the castle. So it's, it's a Ravens media person and you know, you can figure out who it is from there. And we were just exchanging messages and he said the reason or his personal thoughts on the reason that they didn't fire Roman in season is that he didn't think that Harbaugh had any faith in T. Martin, uh, James Urban, or what is it, Godsey, the tight end coach? Yeah. That those are the three that he specifically named to me. And this was back in, you know, what was that, December, saying that, you know, basically T. Martin at USC as an offensive coordinator was not great, which is fair. And, you know, Urban is partially to blame for, and he used the word Lamar's lack of improvement, which I think is better than regression. A better way to describe it is that Lamar has certain things in his game that he has not gotten better at since 2019, which is fair. Um, and then he said, you know, like kind of what's Godsey going to do? And that's fair because he has no play calling experience. And so I think that you kind of, as a courtesy, have to extend, you know, invites, interviews to internal people for, I don't know what do you call it, morale purposes or whatever that, you know, people inside think that they have a chance to work their way up. I mean, again, if you look at it like a normal corporation, like, there are people who sometimes get promoted to upper management jobs who are not as qualified as the outside candidate, but you know, their, their best qualification is experience in the same system. So you you give that guy a look, you give a James Urban, a T Martin, whatever a look, but I think that we have to go outside on this. And I actually, I didn't, I didn't remember that exact exchange until I went back and looked at it when they, uh, cause I knew I had read Godsey's name before and somebody that I talked to. And so I searched in my DMS and that's where I found that message. So it was interesting and it, and it makes sense to me. Yeah, and I mean, regardless, I, I still think, like I think we had talked about it before, but if there was a move that should have been done, T. Martin should have been done in the middle of the season and at least give him the rest of the way because there's no way in hell he would have been but worse I, than Greg Roman. So th- that's the thing is that clearly Harbaugh must have felt that, t- and whether this is correct or not, I have no idea, that T. Martin was not capable of calling plays. Um, I think it was – I remember I was, I was tweeting with somebody earlier and they, they brought it up and again, not like a story, like say it was a, you know, random Ravens Twitter fan said something to the effect of like, you know, T Martin calling plays out of Greg Roman's playbook still might not be good because Greg Roman's playbook might not be good. And so that's fair. So if you're John Harbaugh and you're looking at this of like Greg Roman's a moron and can't do anything right. But even if you gave somebody else the, the keys to his playbook, is it going to work out? That's that's a fair question. And if it's somebody like T Martin who doesn't have a good history because of, you know, his time at USC, like I said, or people with no play calling experience at all, like I I guess I guess he felt like Greg Roman was the lesser of all evils. I, I strongly disagree. I think that you could have just used the Ask Madden feature, you know, like what's it called automated our playbook and just like click the button or let that fucking Yale nerd come up with some kind of uh, algorithm pick a play. But I, I don't know. I, I think that I think you have to go outside on this is really the a long story short here. Agreed. I hear your point, Grant. I think the only time you switch a coordinator mid-season is if you're a head coach that's trying to save your job. Like, that's the only time they really do that. Um, well, and so we're – Ravens fans are in a weird spot because of 2012. Uh, you know, you, you fired Cam Cameron at the end of the season. You brought in Jim Caldwell, and that worked out, and they won a Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. I think that that has made Ravens fans think that switching coordinators in season works out well. I think the difference between that team and like this year's team is that you had Anquan Bolden, you had Jacoby Jones, you had Torrey Smith, you had two legitimate running backs this year. 
you had Dennis Pitta and Ed Dixon, like they had much more offensive talent than this current team has. And so I think that maybe the difference there was that you put a more competent play caller and Caldwell in, and he was, you know, able to better utilize the talent that we had. I don't think that those kind of guys existed on the Ravens roster towards the end of the year, especially with Bateman going down and then Duvernay going down. You really were, you know, kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel there receiver-wise. Yeah. Well, then through our experiences, firing a coordinator halfway through the season results in mixed results. I mean, firing Trustman was the right move, of course, because he was also a terrorist that lasted a year and a half too long, a year and five games too long. He had a secret ponytail. Marty- Can't yep. trust guys with replaced- a secret ponytail. And then he got replaced with Marty Morningwig, which who was another Gosh. coordinator past his prime. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. Marty, so anyway. When did Marty Morningwig ever have a prime? <laughs> a prime? Yes. Yeah, ah, shit. Good question. Maybe with the – was he with the Niners or was he with the Packers? He was with the Packers back in the 90s and Brad Favre, coached under Holmgren and Andy Reid. So I know later yeah, he, he went to the Eagles with Andy Reid and Michael Vick. So that was he was stuck with the Chargers. Cute, a cute year. Yeah, sucked with the Lions. Of course, everyone sucks with the Lions. So it's, Can't really blame him for that. Exactly. But anywho, we can move on. Actually, I'm with y'all. Outside movement coordinator would be a bet. Hold on. Before we move on, why don't we just as a podcast, why don't we nominate our like give our nominee for for uh, offensive coordinator? Who are we who are we going to come to an agreement on here? Kubiak. Jake Jake and I are already in agreement. Anybody with the last name Kubiak doesn't doesn't matter who. All right. So then Grant, are you are you good for Kubiak? I'm on Zach, but I'm okay with Kubiak. See, okay. I, I would be on Zach. I would agree with you. I just don't think that he's going to take an offensive coordinator job. Like, the second his name was popping out in these interviews, I just think that he gets a head coaching job. He was really I, the I first person that. I saw going around, like, for any of these interviews. And it is the kind of thing, like you said, where it's like he's the hot name, so his, it's going to escalate. So, like, Yeah, it's almost going to be like somebody somebody's going to take him as, like, uh, he's a head coaching project, but he's going to work out in a couple of years, and they'd rather just kind of let him, you know, throw him into the fire and see what happens. But yeah, a, te- a team like the like the Texans or the right. Panthers, like, scream, that sort of a, a hire to me. Especially yeah, the, yeah, Texans, the Texans with a high pick, you know. Lock, I, I locking, like- the, locking Lamar up might cha- – I mean, how could you say no to, like, have an offensive coordinator position of all the teams available and not go to Lamar Jackson? Well, then yeah, yeah, Robinson, totally. it's a simple thing. He, I mean, mind you, Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator with the Rams in 2020 when Zach Robinson was there. There's a connection there. The, the Chargers have an opening at OC, so then you have the opportunity to go coach Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. You want to coach – You want Maybe to coach a team, Keenan Allen. You want to coach a team that blew a 27 nothing lead in the playoffs over Lamar Jackson? No chance. And it – me personally, no, but there's a tie there and there's a relationship there. That's why I could see the nepotism playing a factor in that coaching process. Well, and but that's just it. And he doesn't have to move. That's fair. that too. He gets to stay in moving Southern sucks. California. Moving sucks. It's the same build. I mean, it's the same everything. The so. literal same. Yeah, the, yeah. Same, the same building where you play games. Yeah. And plus, so, and right. taco. so, so the Zone 32 nominee is anybody named Kubiak. That's what we're going to yep. go with. Dave, yes. do, you, do you endorse that? I, I, I think you're, yeah. I mean, 
I love how Drew loves the Kubiaks but hates the Shanahan's. It's, I, I love had that. To, I told uh, you. I told you. I told you my mental gymnastics around that is Gary Kubiak is a. And I is accept a super, it. I, I accept. It. If, I, if I was a Ravens fan outside looking in, I would want Kafka. I think everybody says it's a lateral move. They're not going to let it happen. I think. Um, they took our defensive coordinator. Yeah, they owe move. us. They owe yeah, us a, a little bit different circumstances there, but yeah, it's a lateral move where I think it would do Kafka well to get out um, from under Dayball because, like, or or else you end up being the enemy where it's just like, oh, everything you know is Dayball. Yeah. Everyone gives the credit to someone else. Good I think point. it's not totally a lateral move because he would have complete control of the offense. Where in New York, he's calling plays, but it's still not. It's still the Dayball scheme. I think he's done great things with Daniel Jones. Like, imagine what he could do with Lamar. He spent time under Andy Reid and under Dayball, which I like. You know, you get, like, a little balance. He was on those Eagles teams with Vic as a backup, so he's been around a quarterback that can run, even though Michael Vick has exposed himself as a as a coward moron. and a shill and a moron, and he does not know ball, and he is on the list. Um, there we go. But yeah, you actually I, I on the list? I'm going to right now. It just popped into my head. Yeah. There we go. Well I like done. It. I like. It. Well done. Breaking Why? news. Breaking news. The, yeah. The list is the list is a later topic that I definitely want yeah. to get into. Okay. Okay. Was yeah. my only, the, my only question about Kafka? Didn't he go to Northwestern? He did. He's a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. tough. That's tough. But I guess I think he's but, a local guy. I think he's okay. from Chicago, which makes it yeah a little well, and so and I you know a nerd a nerd as your like quarterback or even your backup quarterback is a problem, but a nerd as your offensive coordinator is probably a good thing. So, uh, you know, yeah. I'm going to forgive the Northwestern thing. I think maybe it could be helpful. It's just that, oh. especially in that Will. era, uh, Northwestern was fucking terrible. Will. Well, and, and if he's Harrison an analytics guy, yeah. Harrison P. Kent for offensive coordinator. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's funny. Shit. Harrison P. But, Kent, the fourth, please honor his yeah. lineage. But no, yeah, if, he, I mean, well. if he's an analytics an, uh, an analytics guy, that job's his. Harbaugh's gonna fall in love with him. Oh yeah, he start throwing some numbers at him. He should just yeah, yeah. He should just go into the interview and be like, "I got all these scenarios where we should go for it on fourth down. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hired. See ya. Get get in the back. <laughs> I also feel like Harbaugh is like a fake analytics guy. That the analytics nerd comes to him with all this stuff, and he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's great." But you like show him a spreadsheet <laughs> with like one plus one equals two. He's like, "Holy fuck, how does it do that?" Yeah, he's like, he's like the sum feature on Excel, and he's like, "Oh my god, that's amazing." Yeah, it's like Jamarcus Russell when I gave him the tape and nothing was on the it. So he watched oh. film. Yeah, <laughs> that is it's still like- the greatest, the greatest NFL story that nobody talks about enough. It's awesome. I love it. Every time his every time his name is brought up, I I think of the uh, the grimace meme with him and the I'm gonna grip and sip the the fucking you know because he was addicted to the cough syrup and that yeah. story about him with the you know they handed him a blank tape, <laughs> handed him a blank tape. He's like, yeah, I like them all. I guarantee you that Harbaugh he talks about like the you know the data the analytics. He has he has no idea what he's talking about, and he like uh, before he goes to the press conference, he'll like pull somebody aside and be like, so. You know, tell me about analytics, and they're like, "What is DVOA?" He's like, "What is, what is DVOA?" You tell you tell me what analytics are because I want to make sure you know. I'll let you know if I'll let you know if you know. So tell me what you got, and then he goes out there and just repeats everything he's told because there's no fucking way. Like John Harbaugh was brought up on like the school of, uh, you know, like probabilities no. oh, and shit. No. 
his he, dad probably he his he probably used to ask his dad for help on math homework and he'd get like the shit beat out of him for yeah. it. <laughs> what is this math stuff, John? Go the fuck to your room. You no know, like the, the the cup the cup in a ball game they play in like Central Park, like the scam. <laughs> I feel yeah. like someone explaining analytics to Harbaugh would be like him like watching that game. And I feel like you could get Harbaugh stuck at one of those things for like two hours. Just being like, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here until I get it right. You know, I'm gonna, like the I'm crab sh- it's like the crab shuffle at uh yeah. Yards, Grant. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> they do a Raven one during games where they have like Ravens on a light pole and then they, you know, yeah. go around them crowd chance. So yeah, Harbaugh is probably, um, that's why during those TV timeouts, the plays in late cause he's stuck staring at those. So that actually makes sense. <laughs> explains a lot all right so we no. zone 32 uh, we cast our vote for any anyone with the last name kubiak correct what if yes that is what correct. if like uh <laughs> what if like uh like an 80 year old woman named kubiak emerges i'm in the... i'm in i'm in is she it does is. she have does she have some blood relation to gary kubiak <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, I think has, one of the sons is better than the other one, though. I can't remember if if it's Clint so, or Clint. One, one of them already got fired from somewhere. Clint was the offensive coordinator for um, – He was the coordinator the for the Vikings. Yeah. The Vikings. Yeah, and Clay, I mean, Clay is like the assistant or the quarterback coach for the um, for the 49ers. That's the one we want. The 49ers That's the one, one. you want. The 49ers yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. You want the 49ers one. Yeah, pretty... That's who I'd rather have too. But again, like I'm beggars can't be choosers. Um, I'm here for the Kubiak. The, the Vikings won. He had like a terrible year and got fired, right? And then he No, had... he took over for he took over for his dad this year. Yeah, no, that was that, last, I mean that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Or last year. Right? Yeah, that was last year. It, it didn't go well, and then now he's the passing game coordinator in Denver and they weren't throwing the ball very well. So yeah, that's yeah, what I'm that's saying. You want, you want the one in with the 49ers. You don't want Clint. You want Clay. Uh, I'm down I'm for with you on that. Also, so Lindsay, we, Lindsay, our, our pal, Lindsay OK, might be a fan of uh, Clint Kubiak because it's one one letter off of her paper. She has a history of, of, of the that repeating letter. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be... Big fan of, big fan of the case. Yeah. Well, you know, that's whether right. it be... Uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury or some old tweets of hers that, uh, you know, just yeah. lend themselves to her membership. Again, publicly, and, and... Avail- publicly available information we're working off of here. It's not a... <laughs> That's correct. We're you not accusing it with a certain link. Yep. No, it's just a... Not at all. Just a recollection of something that actually happened. Just a bit. Yeah. Just remember, y'all, kill your local clansmen. Kill your local clansmen. <laughs> anyway... Speaking of Klansmen, the Cincinnati Bengals have made it to the AFC Championship game again because I, I don't know, I, I got nothing for you. They just they yeah, have to do it. Yeah, they, yeah, basically, more or less. And the Bills are still cursed. They've never gotten over the four Super Bowls and that one guy yelling that the Cowboys are going down, and then the Cowboys wound up winning that Super Bowl, fifty-two to seventeen. They've never gotten through that, but anyway. They're going to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, same place as last year for the AFC Championship. So I'll figure let's, let's go ahead and veer away from the Ravens. We'll preview that game with the resident Chiefs. We don't even have to, we don't even have to, pre- we don't even have to preview it. I have two favorite people on the internet that are not Ravens fans. It's James Draws and it's VD. <laughs> and they're both Chiefs fans, so... Like, let's fucking roll. Let's do it. Fuck Jackson Mahomes. Fuck Brittany Mahomes. I don't care about them. 
It's all about the people that I like, and I want you guys to be happy. So, right, I, well, uh, we, and we all, and it's an opportunity for them to help us because any any way we can make Bengals fans and and the Bengals team like the Bengals team is so like so hateable. I see people on the internet talking about how like Joe Burrow's like, how can you not like this guy? How can you like uh, him? How can I hate like, Joe Burrow? You, I mean, you, the only people who face, like he's... him are people who watch like fucking uh, the Today Show. Like you know they're like fucking. Uh, stay-at-home moms with wearing yoga pants and shit. Like, who, who actually likes fucking Joe Burrow? Everybody Burrow looks like a likes, villain in a Macaulay Culkin. Everybody who likes Joe Burrow should have their cell phone data from January 6th, 2021, their GPS data dumped and looked at by the FBI because I'm pretty sure we all know where they were. Here's what people forget is that without Coach O, Joe Burrow is a loser Ohio Ohio State bust guy, loser, Buckeye, loser, loser, Buckeye. And he goes to LSU for one year. He starts putting on the glasses. I've even heard interviews with his dad where his dad's like, oh, yeah, I don't know why he does that. Like, that's not him at all. So he has this whole facade now where, he, oh, I wear Cartier glasses and I'm I'm confidently cocky, but not over the top. And it's like, dude, you're, he's doing what Brady does kind of, which is like anytime he's talking, he's like presenting a character, which – I don't think a lot. I don't definitely don't think Lamar does. I don't think Mahomes does. It's kind of like the same vein of what Russell Wilson does. People like that just rub me the wrong way. I mean, look at his playoff stats, Joe Burrow. They are not very good. He's been carried by his defense. He's been carried by the Chiefs, by the Chiefs choking uncharacteristically uh, for whatever reason. But look, I love their whole thing they got going on now. But Burrow's three and zero against Mahomes. Baker Mayfield is three and zero against Burrow. So, are we saying Baker Mayfield is is the is the number one quarterback in the league? Um, I, I I am very confident. There's been pictures going around Chiefs Twitter of Mahomes working out with nothing on his ankle. Um, so, assuming that's not a psyop, I'm very confident in that. And I think honestly, we're just gonna face fuck them. I really believe it. Uh, I wanted them. I didn't want the Bills. And there's just been this weird thing with in the AFC where. Uh, previous to this, Bills fans and Bengals fans had kind of been united against the Chiefs. And now that the Bengals butt-fucked the Bills, the Bills fans are now, like, joining the Chiefs fans. So it's like a very weird uh, allegiances are shifting right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to just absolutely face-fuck them. They've been talking so much shit, um, which doesn't work out well consistently. My thing with the Chiefs is, like, I don't like them but it's because they're good. It's not because they do anything that's like bad. You know, they got a mm. couple of questionable characters on their team here and there, but it's not like they're not an unlikable team. I just don't like them because they typically win. And so it's frustrating as a Ravens fan of like the chiefs are good. The chiefs win. I want the Ravens to win and the chiefs are the ones doing that. So like, fuck them. But in reality, like Mahomes is, you know, the best quarterback of this generation so far. Like, there's really no way to, you know, fight against that. Like, you could say he's a system quarterback. You know, Andy Reid helped him, and that's fine. Maybe without Andy Reid, Mahomes is a little bit dumber with the ball and throws some more interceptions. But in reality, they're just, like, a good team that wins a lot, and that's kind of why people hate them. I I hate the Bengals because of this undeserved arrogance. Like, they made mm-hmm. the Super Bowl one time after five straight losing seasons, and their fans act like they're the cream of the crop in the AFC. It's like... You got gifted a win by Ryan Tannehill. You got lucky with the Chiefs. 
And then you got fucking, you know, you got killed by the, well, you didn't get killed by the Rams, but you lost to the Rams. It's like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I can't stand their fans and I can't stand, you know, the stupid inbred chili spaghetti incest fucks, as Jake likes to say. And yeah, like, they, they, they got to get, they got to get knocked down a few pegs. Like, I'm, I'm just tired of them. I went at it with oh, that. Um, yeah, I was racially profiled by that. Um, what the fuck's his name? Zim. Uh, Zim. Zim. Yeah, fucking all white people with beards look the same, according to Zim. Just just everybody want to know, you know, like, like the kind we, of fans. Everybody on the screen right now, identical. Wow. All I the mean, same, according to his Zim. His name is Zim? So so you can tell me he has, he has green skin and red eyes and all that and comes from some fucking planet trying to take over the world. I don't know, because when he shows up to M&T Bank, he wears, you know, fucking nondescript clothing and wears a mask the whole time and then leaves crying about T. Higgins getting hurt. Fucking ah, bitch. Fuck that. Marcus yeah. trick. Uh, yeah, are you I, sure I, his name is Zim or is that like a one of these pronoun things with where they got this? Uh, honestly, honestly so I went back and looked at the last time I interacted with Alphabet him. Alphabet um, soup. The last time I interacted with him before this is he was he was at MT and recorded some video of him crying about injuries as they left after they lost that primetime game. And somebody responded to my quote tweet with like he was wearing a bunch of big ass chains outside of his uh sweatshirt. And they said, like, that chain looks snatchable and then put the uh, Michael Crabtree Aqib Tlaib gift. And he responded with that. The amount of people who like this is fucking disgusting, threatening my life and, like, crying about it. <laughs> like, those are the kind of those are the kind of Bengals fans that are on the Internet. Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple cool Bengals fans, but the majority of them on the Internet are just fucking losers. And I cannot stand seeing them happy. I haven't met a single uh, reasonable Bengals fan on the Internet yet myself. I know there's, I know there's, I know there's one or two in real life, but not not on the internet there's three i've interacted with on the internet that are like you know they like the Bengals, so there's something a little bit off about them but i can i can live with that like you support a team it's fine you make some bad choices i'm, I'm okay with you know people people can live their lives but the majority of them are just these fucking weirdos who showed up out of nowhere last year again well, we yeah got a little... and the majority but... of them happen to also be buckeye fans which explains a lot we get that two-headed monster of a, a Bengal buckeye fan and you're in some, for some real trouble that actually I mean, probably explains their their like sudden uh you know spike in confidence because oh, they're yeah. like they 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 associate a team being good with Ohio State that you know is always every year in the college football playoff and whatever um so they're confusing the two teams because the Bengals like you said uh Drew they lost five straight they had five straight losing seasons but they also hadn't been to the fucking Super Bowl in like 35 years they so, hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years until right. last year. Yeah, exactly. So, and they've never won at the Super Bowl. So, I think that, by the way, Dave, that's the that the entire reason the Bills fans like immediately are are well. Besides the fact that like Eli Apple basically uh, spit in Demar Hamlin's face uh, that was on weird. Twitter. That was so but, weird. But the, I think Bills fans I, don't I, want I, a, they don't want another team that doesn't have a Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl. Just like yeah. I'm I'm fine with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl because they they already got one. We already know that the mm-hmm. Chiefs are who they are. So it's like there's no rivalry with the like I don't want the Chiefs to not win the Super Bowl. If mm-hmm. if, if if we're not in it, I don't give a shit. I'm not rooting for you. I'm not rooting against you. Uh, it, no, it doesn't bother me. But if the Bengals were to be in the Super Bowl, it would bother me. I don't want them to win a fucking Super Bowl. I almost want to be the team that unseats the Chiefs next year. I want the Chiefs to, you know, like win the Super Bowl this year, and then we go in Arrowhead. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm same thing with the Patriots in in you know 2011, 2012. Like 
I was happy beating the Patriots. I, I don't know if that Super Bowl is as good if we don't beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. If we beat some other fucking AFC team, like it's great, we won the Super Bowl, but you know, slaying slaying the dragon, so to speak, would be great. Yeah, and the, and the, and on the other end of it, every year it's beat the Bengals because they're pathetic, and and like mm-hmm. they're even more pathetic when their team is doing what it's doing right now. Where, in my opinion, they're overperforming, and I know it sounds like sour grapes or whatever the fuck uh, when it's two years in a row that they're they're doing this, but I I think this year's team is worse than last year's team. It, it's I like they, I, they have no business being where they are right now. They should have lost to the Ravens. They should yeah. have lost the Ravens two weeks in a row. Honestly, mm-hmm. they got outplayed by the Ravens two weeks in a row. So this is not a team to me that has any business, uh, you know, contending for the Super Bowl. But uh, it, you know, it, it and then makes bitching me nervous. about like uh, the coin flip. Like anybody is afraid to go to Cincinnati. Like let's stop pretending. Right. Like like pay, what's it pay for? Let's stop pretending like it's this fortress where. Every team in the NFL has been going there the last decade and just beating the shit out of you. So no well, one you is saw what John Harbaugh there. did. He sat the half the offense. He, yeah, he, he yeah. basically said, I don't give a fuck about a yeah. coin toss. We'll play you. You know, yeah. We play where we play. I 100%. think you know, I, I think the other thing with the Bengals is that like they just have like a horseshoe up their ass. Like I said, they're uh I don't know if a good team is the right word. They're they're good enough to hang around in games. Uh, you know, they got enough offensive talent and enough defensive talent that they're not great. But, you know, if you let them hang around for long enough, the ball seems to bounce their way for whatever reason. I, I don't know. They Like I was saying earlier, they have like, a, you know, after 04 until 2014, the Patriots had that 10-year stretch where they were always in the AFC Championship game, but they never won shit. And it was the same mm-hmm. thing of like they were just always in these big games. And then for whatever reason, that one call went their way that one fumble squirted out and bounced towards the end zone and somebody picked it up and scored. Like they just seem to have that, you know, in that critical moment, everything went their way. And the Bengals have that same vibe to me. Again, last year, Ryan Tannehill throwing three interceptions in a game that the Bengals really should have lost. It's like, that's exactly who they are to me is that, you know, the credit to the Bengals, they hung around in that game. They forced the turnovers, but like somebody made the critical mistake and let them be in that game. And I feel like that's, again, the Tyler Huntley trying to fucking jump over the pile from the two-yard line. Like, that was the Bengals' break that game. Mm-hmm. Fucking Leroy I, Jenkins. I will say something nice about the Bengals. I think Lou Anarumo is an incredible coordinator, specifically, at least every time the Chiefs have played them. Everything's usually going well the first half, and then something happens in the second half where he's able to make adjustments that just completely fuck up Andy Reid's scheme. Um so I, I and I don't I don't even know if the head coach is a good coach. Like I'm not sure he's a good coach whatsoever. I don't. I, it doesn't really make sense to me how they have ended up here again. Um, and I hope they get exposed. And I I think that they will. I mean I think that they're just like like Will said they're not a good team. And for whatever reason nobody puts them away. And I feel like if anybody's going to put them away, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I mean that's the guy who's going to come out and hang 21 points on you in a three minute span and make this an ugly game. You know what I mean? It could be 14-14 going in the fourth, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs scored three quick touchdowns. Everybody's like, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. I mean, a, they're the only they're the only offense left that can do that, I think. You know, everybody well, dick, dick, dick rides the Eagles, but they're not that same caliber offense. And that's what's going to, I think, is what kind of sets Kansas City above. Is I like Kansas City's defense a little bit better, especially their front seven and the way they play fast. Linebackers can cover. Um, but I think Mahomes is the difference maker, especially if he's, you know, not hobbled. 
then they're a quick strike offense. So, I mean, Cincinnati struggled with Huntley. Like, you know, the elements, I think, I mean, both teams played in the elements last weekend, but I think that it benefited the Bengals more than the Bills with cutting it loose. Um, I think Chiefs have a better running game than they've seen. So, I mean, getting Pacheco running, um, I, I don't know. I just I, – I think I think the Chiefs win by 10 at least. Um, but, you know, that's also the aspect – my best friends – one of my best friends is a Chiefs fan, Die Hard. And, like, he always says, he's like, man, Chiefs play to their competition no matter what. So, mm-hmm. they keep every game close. You know, they don't really necessarily – they have random games where they just blow teams out. But there's a lot more games, especially recently, where they're playing down a lot. And But I still think that they come out gunning. It yeah, comes off as the Chiefs are bored to me. Yeah. That the Chiefs are like, yeah, we're going to make this tough on ourselves. We're going to see what happens. Maybe yeah, we this play, week don't do that. But. Yeah, we play close games way too often. I think part of that, too, is Andy Reid, just for whatever reason, sometimes he refuses to run the ball, even when, like, it's working very well. Yeah, I think Pacheco was averaging, like, nine yards a carry last week, and he still only ended up with 12 carries, so – I don't know. We'll see. I think this game we're going to have to run the ball, and I hope we do because then I think we can beat the shit out of them. Yeah. I think and we got to win we, this one for – oh, go ahead. I was just say, and we know all about that. J.K. Dobbins averages eight, nine yards a carry and doesn't yeah. touch the ball for an entire fourth quarter. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, the Chiefs have a, a tragedy story to, uh, you know, win for with uh, their incarcerated friend, Chiefs of I feel like oh, they yeah. got to get him a ring. Yeah. They got to get him a <laughs> ring while he's behind bars. So. Hey, if he if he has a few – on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, so I think if they win, he gets like two hundred grand or something. Well, and he stole that from a bank, so it's like yeah, you know, stealing, he'll pay, stealing from he'll pay him. Yeah, he'll pay him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going straight back to the state. Um, the, uh, should, the should we make thing, some? Should we make some uh, predictions? Score predictions for the for Chiefs and uh, and Bengals. Thirty-five twenty-four what Chiefs. What do you say? Thirty-five twenty-four Chiefs. I'm feeling it. Okay, Grant, what do you got? 32-21. Chiefs? Yeah. Okay. Jake? Let's go 27-23 Kansas City. I'm rolling with it. <clears throat> the catch-up either. We'll roll with them. I think, I think Will, you got to go next, and we uh, we close out the predictions with the actual Chiefs then. Yeah. I think the Chiefs roll their asses. Exposure is coming. I think it's going to be 41-20 Chiefs. I'm in. I'm going to say, like, 34-24, but they score a late, meaningless touchdown that makes it look a little closer than it was. So one okay. of those games that's, you know, not close and then final scoreboard is uh, misleading. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you can't bet on the Chiefs because they'll be covering and then they'll be up enough where they just stop playing and they just let you score 10 points at the end of the game. They also are always like, you know, minus more than a touchdown. So those are yeah. those are tough yeah. to ever, ever, ever bet. Yeah. There I, are, I never touch them personally. There are some uh yeah, well I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm confident. I like everybody's prediction. Maybe I'm like forced to bet the uh <laughs> the Chiefs land the points if I'm predicting a twenty one point win. So I think you got where my mouth is, yeah. So do we get into the um the Ryan Clark shit first? Um, sure. Um I'm incredibly aggravated by the complete morons on Twitter. Um, so Ryan Clark on first take basically came out and said that Lamar Jackson was only offered 133 million in guarantees total. Um, cited no sources, just claimed that you talked to a source who told him that. Um, that is not a new contract offer. 
that is the exact contract offer that I believe Chris Mortensen reported before the year that triggered Diana Rossini to go ask Lamar after a press conference after the Jets game if that number was accurate. Lamar said no and that that number was in the $180 million range. Um, what really bothers me is A, people were then saying Diana Rossini was lying because there was no video evidence of that conversation taking place and that she never referenced it later in the year. Uh, these same idiots don't realize that Diana Rossini had a child on October 11th and was basically out of commission for most of the year. I didn't hear from her a lot in ESPN NFL reporting because she was raising her kid. You know, she was on maternity leave. Uh, so number one, you just look stupid there. And then number two, our fan base just doesn't seem to understand the difference between total guaranteed at signing versus total guarantees. Um, I don't really want to have a boring contract talk. Uh, Mike Florio actually put out a podcast. Was that today, BD? Yes, today. Uh, today's podcast. Yeah. Um, so the kind of- title is Giants GM speaks on Daniel Jones' future. Um, yeah. And- he puts out two. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So he, he kind of went in on Ryan Clark. And I find Mike Florio to be kind of a nerd. Um, you know, he, he's he's a bit of a dork. He hates people without agents, kind of has some agendas that he pushes. But when it comes to like legalese nerd shit and contracts specifically, there is really nobody better at reporting a specific contract and what all that contract language means than Mike Florio. And so if I'm going to listen to anybody who's talking about, you know, what's meaningful in a contract and what gets reported versus what's reality, I'm going to listen to him. Again, Will and I have had four months from other people, from multiple other people, that Lamar was offered a contract that had $195 million in total guarantees. If that number was $133 million guaranteed at signing, it wouldn't shock me. I think, Will, you did the math out, and it was uh, the first four years of the contract were basically guaranteed at $195 million, right? Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so you get to this weird spot of Twitter who... They, they want the Ravens to fuck up. They want Eric Tacosa specifically to fuck up and let Lamar walk because they have been running their mouths for three fucking years about how terrible of a GM he is, how he's awful, how he has these dick riders. That's where the you know Purple Patrol is coined from, and that's where they coined themselves a Legion of Gloom. And so their entire reputation is essentially staked on this weird-ass conspiracy theory that the Ravens are actively working against Lamar Jackson, that they hate Lamar Jackson, and that they don't want to pay Lamar Jackson. And so these people have just become increasingly more desperate and increasingly more stupid in their thought process here. And, like, should the Ravens offer Lamar more than $133 million guaranteed at signing? Obviously, because they don't have him signed now. Okay, like, we, we, all, we all understand that. Nobody's fucking stupid. If they offered Lamar a contract that he felt was fair, he would have signed it. Okay, like that's not a that's not some, you know, fucking hot take here that I'm coming up with. And so is Lamar okay with one hundred thirty three million dollars guaranteed at signing and guaranteeing, you know, the full extent of the contract after the first year? I have no idea. I don't know what he wants. Nobody knows what he wants. I'm not going to pretend to know what he wants. I'm just sick of our stupid fans is really what it boils down to. And these people who almost want the Ravens to suck because it makes them right. They're no different than the people who hate Lamar Jackson still because on draft day, they thought he should have been a wide receiver. Well, Drew, it's like James earlier tonight in our Twitter group, uh, just out of the blue, taking a shot at Ojabo for no reason. Just saying we should have we should have re-signed Zadarius Smith when we had the chance. Then we could have used that pick on Pickens. And before we even started recording, me, you, and 
Grant, I don't know if Jake, you were in here yet or not, but we all agreed that if the only way we don't take a job, yeah, the only way we don't take a job, I'll go ahead. Yeah, go do it. At 45 is if we took a pass rusher in the first round. Yeah. If we took Jermaine Johnson at 25 instead of Tyler Linderbaum, then a job was probably off the board at 45. Right. And, and you know, that, that's fine. I, I I don't think that was the right move. I think that they played that correctly. I think Linderbaum is, is a stud and is exactly what they needed at center. But if you want to make the argument that a Jabo should have been Pickens, then your argument, your cut, your, you know, to, to go deeper into that, that's the other problem with the Ravens fans is that they don't have that second layer to their argument is that you needed to take a pass rusher this year. So right. they took a job up. It needed to be somebody in the first round. If that if that's the route that you want to go and you don't want a job up at 45, you need to take a pass rusher earlier. Right, because you know if you take one later, then you're basically just doing what we've done in the past, which is we hit on a couple, but for the most but part, we, pass rushers yeah. we, we take in, in the middle rounds don't don't work out. Uh, no. I'm not going uh, I'm, I'm to bring up the, the most recent one. That would be... Uh, disrespectful, insensitive, insensitive. Yeah, I'm not going to do it, but that happened. Here's the thing about uh, there's one thing that talk about Dale and Hayes to be clear. I think think the the point of Florio makes about having an agent is that when you don't have an agent, you let idiots like Ryan Clark and these stupid quote marks journalists who just say, Oh, I talked to sources and they put these bullshit stories out there and. Like the main reason he says you need an agent is because if you do that, your agent will call that reporter, will get them on the phone, will basically set them straight and make them put out the truth. Now, it has worked against a little bit. It's self-serving, but it has worked a little bit against Lamar, just this ambiguity, because the more ambiguity that hangs over, the more people speculate. And I don't understand the Ravens fans that are saying he's milking this injury to miss playoff games when like, Everything in the past he's done has showed he's the ultimate competitor. He, he cares about winning. Um, I, so I just don't get that narrative that they put out there. And then I kind of speculate, is this just the dumb media putting this out there? It, yes. And people are dumb enough that people in your own locker room will believe those reports. Like you got guys who coincidentally believe in lizard gods also like um, e- echoing these baseless reports. So I do think not having an agent thing has hurt uh, Lamar a little bit there, but I, I think he's built up enough credibility with the Ravens organization and fan base that it, it shouldn't be as much of an issue. But anytime you allow speculation to kind of go crazy, that's that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, and I don't know if an agent really helps that because the Ravens are never really public with what's going on. They're, they're always kind of a, a private organization. And you know, maybe Lamar could get his narrative out there, but regardless of what he does, he's going to be the center of attention for all of these talking heads because, like, he's a superstar player and he's, you know, interesting to the public. And you've never really seen somebody like Lamar Jackson in football before. So regardless of what he does, somebody is going to have an opinion about him and somebody's going to try to get clicks off that opinion. My problem with, like, the, you know, the, the quote media, like, Ryan Clark is not really media. Ryan Clark is not a journalist. Ryan Clark is not the one out there breaking stories. You know, if it was, if you notice, it's not the Adam Schefters of the world that are pushing these fake Lamar stories. It's these fringe journalists that are, you know, and I, I put journalists in quotes. It's these, it's these people looking for hot takes and looking for clicks off of it. You know, whether it was Barstool Banks, whether it was Mike Preston, uh, whether it's guy. Ryan Clark. Yeah, like they're all, 
you know, they're all like of, you know, fringe popularity and they're looking for something to put them in the limelight. And Lamar Jackson is the hot name. And I feel like he's always going to deal with that, whether he has an agent, whether he doesn't have an agent. I don't think it really matters. I think people are always going to make shit up about him. Yeah. And the way Lamar is unique from other quarterbacks is I really don't think he gives at all. Like, I don't think he cares about the speculation. I think he only commented on it because they're like, look, like it would it would help us out if you just, you know, people are going crazy. But I really don't even think he cares about that stuff too much. He's definitely unique in that regard. Um yeah, I think he was frustrated that his knee didn't heal fast enough, and I yeah. think that he, I think that he had been hearing the noise for six weeks. But I think the reason why he came out and said something is because he's like, "I want to fucking play, and I can't. Yeah. Because my body's failing me." Right but yeah, now. But my my point is, he's never going to be the guy that's like like a Russell Wilson or like a Baker Mayfield that's like, "I've been rehabbing seventeen hours a day, yeah. and like I've just been grinding to get like that's just not who he is. He he doesn't. I don't think he feels like he has to prove." anything to anyone because he's earned enough credibility to where it's just like, yeah, like I don't have to worry about is Mahomes working hard in practice. It's like, I know he cares. So it's like, you can kind of let him just do whatever. I don't care if he goes to training camp. I don't care. Like I feel like Lamar has earned that same trust, but I guess he's just not afforded that in the same way. No, because people can get clicks off Lamar's name. And I don't know if people pushing that narrative about Mahomes gets on the same clicks. I I think that you could, Mahomes like I don't know fucking clubs baby seals on the weekend. I really don't think anybody's gonna care. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They're gonna be like, yeah, but he threw for fifty touchdowns at one time. So like, you know. yeah, yeah, you're right. So should we get into the uh, the ball knower list? Because yeah, we can, who knows we can get into who it. does not know ball. Let's do well, it. so we we mentioned a uh, brief exchange that Will and I had with uh, James, who is uh, what is his ex purple ace or something like that. Will. Purple XX Ace, I think. So you put him on the ball knower list. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to – I think that you need to make a trade between the two lists. And I think that you need to take James off the ball knower list. He's definitely does on, not know ball. You must remove him, him the, from that list. So He's remove off. him it's from done. that it's and done. put him on the not ball knower list and then take Ramey off the not ball knower list and put him on the ball knower list. I think that that's Ray, a fair trade. I, I've got – Okay, so James has been switched list. You know, the way on to a list either way is I see one thing. So I might have seen him say something complimentary about someone I like. or He probably was just know, copying I, something that he heard from yeah. Mayor Drew. Honestly. My point is I don't take in the full body of work into consideration until the appeals process comes up, which would be like now. So he has been switched. <laughs> Rainey, He's moving in the right direction, but I'm not ready to take him off the list. I, I like his uh, humility and how he's handled the situation and how he's asking questions about how he can be better. So he's moving in the right direction. I just got to see a couple more good takes from him before I get him onto the right side of the list. All right, well, we, so, we do need to make a trade, though. This is like when we're dealing with Russia. Like they call, yeah, oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. We called Russia and we were like, hey, let, can we put, please have our Marine back? And they're like, mm, I don't think so. Not yet. He's moving in the right direction, but. We'll get there. Mm. So, like, all right, then we'll take the the WNBA player. Then, thanks. Yeah. yeah so, well, we, who else is on the not ball nor list that maybe we can make an argument to uh, remove them for um, for James? Well, I did just add Mike Vick to the you don't know ball list, so it is no, that's kind of that's fair. That's fine. It, it is kind of balanced out right now. Yeah, it's pretty balanced. Um, okay, so then if, I think then we've made progress in in 
Ramey's progress has, has moved more towards the ball knowers list as opposed here's, to the here's what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm gonna remove Ramey from the you don't know ball list, but he is not yet being added to the you know ball list. Okay. So he's that's kind fair. of back, that's fair. back, back to he's a, that's yeah, a fair. He's decision. a probationary. He's a probationary yeah. member yeah. of I mean, society. Fa- yeah, fair so and equitable. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. Perfect. Right. Um, I'm I'm okay with that because hey, you know you know like, what I actually even just I remembered how. The James guy got off. He was on the you don't know ball list because he replied to something that I replied to Barstool Banks after that story, and he defended Banks. So I put him on the list, and then he said that wasn't worth it. So I I took him off the list, and I think instead of taking him off, I just put him on the you ball you know ball list. But oh. that 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 situation has been remedied. I actually brought a couple questions um, for you gentlemen. I've been creating a quiz that I can just give to people, like a do you know ball quiz. Um, so we all can right. all go around. the first, um, this is Take actually the, shot. the origin of the, you don't know ball list. Uh, before it was even on Twitter, this was a manual list kept in my phone dating back to, uh, you might remember chiefs versus Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. Daniel Sorensen hits, I forget who, as they're going into the end zone, they fumble. Oh, the it was in Joku, right? It might have been. It might have been. Yeah. It might have been. And it's a touchback. Now, that rule, the fumble out of the end zone is a touchback rule, is very polarizing. I have a pretty strong take on it, and I would like to go around the room and get your gentleman's take on the should fumbling out of the end zone be a touchback and a change of possession? I'll go first. Absolutely not. You're rewarding a team for doing nothing. So it's, it's one of those caveats where you can. I mean, that's like saying, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, win the lottery, but I get on a car wreck on the way there, so I don't get the money. So, like, something, like, in between happened that didn't – the defense didn't do it necessarily. I mean, all these guys do is hold on to the football as you're going across the end zone, but why should the defense get rewarded for the offense having Here's a Here's my rebuttal. Season? Here's my, my rebuttal to that would be – that means anytime teams are diving towards the goal line, they just don't really need to worry. If you're on the close to the sideline, especially, you don't really need to worry about ball security. And I think if uh, if it's a touchback the other way, like I, I just think it's not that hard to not fumble, you know. But I'm okay. I, I, I hear- I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the change of possession. I think that that's you know it, it should be the defense's ball at this point. I think yeah. that they should get the ball on the one though. That's what I was gonna say. I think they should get the ball at the spot of the fumble. Or I would be, okay. I, I would be, I, like I would be okay. Yeah, I would be okay with that. But not getting it all the way out at the twenty-five on a time. I mean, that's a huge that's swing fair. of events. As long as rewarding. we all agree that it should be a change of possession, especially in a league where everything is designed to help the offense so much. Like that's the last thing the defense really has. It's like that and safeties. You know of how they can really change a game so uh, yeah i i have no problem with it not going to the 20 it's kind of funny how they think i don't even know the reason why it does go to the 20 i guess they consider it the same as like a a kick i guess a kickoff that goes in the end zone but yeah okay so we all pass um question one now question two question two is who won the digs trade Mm. buffalo and i think buff well that's tough because they haven't won anything with digs they Who did the Vikings money too? get outside they, of Justin Jefferson? Because I don't he even know. I, 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 yeah. I don't think it matters. I, yeah, I don't think it even matters. I don't think it even matters. I think no matter what, if you I lean towards the, the Vikings. That, 
if the, the if Justin the Jefferson won, but stays it's with the Vikings, yeah, yeah, if, exactly. If, if Justin Jefferson stays with the Vikings, I think the Vikings win that. I do think that Diggs helped Josh Allen take that next step, but they haven't done anything with that next step. So I don't know if you can really. I would call it a wash, actually, more than well, I think yeah, about it. And, so, and so the Vikings also the only reason that they got Justin Jefferson is the Eagles picked Eagles. Jalen Rieger. Rieger. So, Jalen Rieger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's. It, I mean, it's it's a like a a confluence of uh very fortunate events yeah. for for the Eagles, but or for the for the Vikings, I should say. So, I mean, the Vikings yeah. won. The Vikings won. But I, I lean towards Vikings one just because of how cheap you get a wide receiver one. Yeah. The only wrong answer to that question is I hate when people say, "Oh, both teams, both teams won the trade." No. Like both teams, both teams can't win a trade. No. Um, and I, I love I love Diggs, and like I, I I'm a huge Diggs fan, and I do think he elevated Josh Allen, to, and he's that special of a player. But I'm I agree with Will in the sense of. They didn't know they were getting Justin Jefferson at that point. It's yeah. the Eagles fucking up that gave it to him. But if you look at the end reward, the Vikings yeah, won. So yeah. like he, you know, they're they're you know he's arguably the best wide receiver in football right now, and he's putting up mad numbers. I mean, he if it wasn't a quarterback award, he's the MVP of the NFL. Yeah, I don't think My it's only- even arguable. He is by far the best wide receiver in football. I think My only there's like an Hup, argument Hup was for- out. There's an argument for who is the second best wide receiver in football, but not the best. He is the best. If Justin Jeremy Jefferson is better than his te- old teammate, if Justin Jefferson leaves the Vikings, this might be a different conversation. As it is right now, I think that the Vikings have gotten the better player. The Bills also made the right trade, though. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They did. They, did. Yeah. they needed that. They were, and it's not like they were going to get Justin Jefferson, so. Um, here we go. Next question is, do you, under any circumstances, draft a running back in the first round? I Christian McCaffrey. I can't see. No, yeah. I still can't see a reason to do that. No. The answer is no. It's tough because unless, I wouldn't. Unless take, he is Walter Payton or Jim Brown. No. That's right. Like you, a, a you true, have to be like a, a, one of the five a true generational talent. Ever. Yeah. Like a true Otherwise generational not. talent. Yes. A true generational talent is worth a first round pick. But those don't like, grow on trees. Like and, and, like a, and, like and a, that's what like they thought Derrick Saquon. Henry. That's what they thought Saquon yeah. was when they drafted him there. And and at number two, it didn't work out. And his, and his but at, right. And when he's at his healthiest, he looks maybe like somebody who's worthy of a first round pick. But it yeah. also depends on your team because, like, if yeah, you're a, if you're a, if you're a running back away from being, you know, like a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender then I think it's okay to maybe make that gamble. But if you don't have a franchise quarterback and you don't have, you know, cornerstone pieces on defense, then I think that first-round pick could be better spent elsewhere. Yeah. I, I still and think – go ahead, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, and it could go kind of multiple different ways with that. So you get your generational guy, like your McCaffrey, your Saquon, Derrick Henry, even though Derrick Henry was a second-rounder. But, like – He was second-round pick. You, you get these guys that you know, but here's the thing. If you're picking that high to be able to get somebody that would essentially go that high, you need a lot more ro- roster rebuild than a running yeah. back. And yeah. if you have the, if you have, I guess, the assets to trade and you're a team that's a running back away and you move into the top 10 or whatever and snag one of those guys, I think you absolutely do it. Yeah, I, so still think, I still think you're better off taking two guys in the seventh round than one guy in the first round, just with the yeah. shelf life of running backs and 
how often, like, I mean, if you go around the league and you look at most teams running back, very few of them are first round picks or even guys that anyone thought would be as good as they are. I mean, there's the occasional Adrian Peterson, um, people like that where I could see maybe, but I still think just, I don't think you should ever be paying a running back that much money, like even first round draft pick money. And I mean, yeah. our it's our situation. J.K. Dobbins was a second rounder. Gus Edwards is undrafted. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say more times than not, you don't take the running back in the first round. But there are definitely rare situations where you can break that rule. Yeah, I agree. Basically, Warren Sapp coined the term a long time ago: running backs come a dime a dozen and a nickel for every two. They <laughs> they are very common, and they their yeah. shelf life is very short. Man, was it Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in the NFL for what a year or two? Then he holds out, goes to the Jets. Now was it now? Now what's he doing? You don't no, you never give those boxing. You never give them. Yeah. Yep. You never give them second contracts ever. I also don't like absolutes, so I think that that's part of the reason why I push against the never take a running back in the first round because there's always somebody that you break a rule for. So. True. I think general rule of thumb, don't take a running back in the first round. But if the situation calls for it, then, you know, you definitely yeah. got to look at it. I think I'm more on board with Will, but I'll allow the occasional uh, exception to the rule. I'll, I'll leave room for that. Uh, I have two more it has questions. has to be a surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah, and then if you're yeah. wrong, then you're probably going to get fired as the GM. Um, yep. This question is for Drew. Uh, which Harbaugh brother is a better coach? Ooh. Are we talking college or NFL? Jim is a far superior college coach. Like, not even a question. I think John is better slated for the NFL, though. Yeah, we'll say NFL. Yeah, so I think John is definitely the better college or better better NFL guy. Jim is more meant for, you know, again, you saw it in San Francisco. Like, he was great there for four years, and then he kind of wore out his welcome. In college, you're rotating through players. They're only there for four years, and then they're gone. Um, Jim Jim's shtick kind of uh, gets old. If you're there for too long, I would say yeah. John is a better NFL coach. I'd agree with that. I'd, if anyone else has an opinion on that, they could weigh in. No, that's correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, John's a better coach. Um, my final question is why is it okay for J.K. Dobbins to throw temper tantrums and demand the ball, but when George Pickens does it, it's an issue? Well, if you could settle down, Grant, maybe I can answer the question. Guns blazing. No, the difference is this. George Pickens threw a temper tantrum on the field, on camera, in prime time. Uh, he's a rookie. He's in his third game. He, isn't, he doesn't deserve shit. There's nothing. He, he he doesn't deserve one fucking target, let alone more than what he got. J.K. Dobbins, when he did his little temper tantrum on Twitter, I was very outspoken about it and said, I don't respect that. Twitter's not the place to air out your grievances as a player. You have any time you want, you have a fucking reporter who's going to stick a microphone in your face. You can say anything you want to say. OK, or the way J.K. even went about it. If you want to go on social media and actually like tweet it out and leave it up and not delete it, fine. He was liking other people's tweets. He was liking fans' tweets, just stupid mm-hmm. shit. So when JK, after the game uh, two weeks ago, voiced his displeasure about his usage, I said, I respect it because he, he, he said exactly what he felt. 
George Pickens didn't do that. He threw a temper tantrum on the field. He was literally like, like, like a, a toddler just taking his fists and like hitting himself with it. That's not the same thing as J.K. Dobbins when asked, asked a question about the game, giving an answer and being honest. That's not the same. You earn your right. You earn your right to bitch for touches. George Pickens has not earned his right to bitch for touches. J.K. Dobbins has earned his right to do that. Is really what it boils down to for me. All I hear for- is two biased and hated <laughs> opinions that can't stand a man. Like, I mean, you can even say, I mean, look at last weekend with uh, Stephon Diggs. He was getting a bunch of shit for, like, he just dipped out and, like, you know, they had to go get him and all that stuff. I mean, you don't really hear uh, anything about that too much as far no. as, like, getting no. out but he's, like, earned right. he's earned okay. it. He's earned it. But but he's also been in the league for how long? The guy's been there for one year. What do you want him to fast forward, get a time machine, back to the future, his ass up, and say, "Hey, you're saying you one year now." He what he was doing this shit. He'd been there for three weeks. He, he's trying to change the culture of that team. That offense was terrible. That's the same culture terrible. they've had, motherfuckers. Who all they care about is their own box score. You don't Antonio want a guy Brown that's shut his fucking mouth for years. Antonio Brown shut his mouth for years. He became the guy, and then he ran his mouth for the ball. George Pickens mm-hmm. did not do anything to earn his right to be the guy there. I just he's think had some Tomlin, spectacular catches. He's had some spectacular he, yes, catches. Offensive crazy. pass interference. And, and the thing with uh, <laughs> and the thing with Antonio Brown is, I'm 100 percent confident that Mike Tomlin had a, a shot collar on his neck, and if you ever try to say <laughs> something stupid, he just zap him real quick on the sidelines. So put one on Pickens. Make him shut his same, mouth for a couple. Same of guy. What, I, he, yeah. what his, he 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 ran out of fucking shot collars. Go get some more, motherfucker. He's, He's been there for because for twenty so years. Pickens will push him over. He's probably scared to go get a shot collar. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah if, he's not involved, if he's not involved in the play, he'll go find someone to push over. Yeah. Hey, head on a swivel, baby. Head on a swivel. So just for the record, I still want you to say, Drew and Will, you don't think George Pickens would have made the Ravens' offense. A better offense this year, in no, no. way. No. no, no. Okay, the team that had who? Who are your receivers again to end the year? Give me your start. The receivers weren't the problem. Hold the on, hold on. You're talking was. about you're you're talking about a team that was down their wide receiver one and their wide receiver two from week one. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the end of the year. Okay, mm-hmm. if ba- if Bateman is healthy and Duvernay is healthy, you're talking about George Pickens potentially being your third option among wide receivers and your fourth option because Mark Andrews exists. Yeah, and I think so he'd, he'd be great. Let him develop, you know, not too much pressure. You always say he's not a wide receiver. No, then he'd throw a temper I chance. agree. But that's my point is that people wanted to switch him out for Hollywood Brown and were acting like he was going to come in and be this big dick 1,400-yard, 10, you know, 10 touchdown guy. That's not him. He's not um, that guy. He would have been a thousand yard and a seven touchdown guy, which I'm completely. Chris Olave, okay Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson were the two best wide receivers of this draft. They were the two guys that would have come in and made an instant difference and been your wide receiver one. George Pickens. Was Hold not. on, you mean to tell me that Devin Duvernay would have been number two over George Pickens this year? Might have been. Hey, no way in hell. And I would even push. I mean, I mean, we really still don't know. I mean, Bateman is flash. We know like. When he's on the field, he's flashed. But man, get you can't get him on the field. And I know he had that tweet earlier about, oh yeah, now I have or now I'm injury prone, blah blah blah. Well, yeah, dude, technically you are. Like, I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. I agree with you there, Grant. But, yeah, him, yeah. Him, him being like, I yeah, I was never hurt until now, until I got the NFL. Well, yeah, that means you're injury prone, buddy. <laughs> Guess what? 
I didn't yeah, use to you got injured. to the big leagues and now you get hurt all the time. You've lit- you've played 10 games in two years. So, yeah, I mean, Rashad Bateman, I see what you're trying to do there, but you, I mean, no, that makes no sense. You are injury prone in the NFL. Not a fan of him sounding off. Not, not a fan of that move, personally. I understand that Steve Saunders sucks and that he should have been gone after giving the whole team COVID in 2020. But, like, Rashad Bateman is not your poster child for that. It's the same thing as right. Derek Wolf. People want to pump up Derek Wolf as this, uh, you know, speaker of truth and guy who can kill Steve Saunders. Rashad Bateman with his two injuries are not the guy that's going to kill Steve Saunders. Just me personally. Um, not, how, do we not, feel, how do we feel about DeAndre Hopkins in a Ravens uniform? How do we feel about Saquon Barkley in a Ravens uniform? Yes, DeAndre yes. Hopkins should have had it. He should have had the uniform on in 2020. So make it happen now. Yeah, yeah, Hopkins, I mean, Hopkins, yes. Yeah, no doubt. That's that that should be the top priority. I you think. don't worry about him staying healthy and you I worry about him, you know, some of these criticisms that are levied against Lamar, I worry about because Chiefs fans are on the same thing. Oh, we need D Hop. He's not gonna come to KC. I don't think they're ever gonna pay wide receiver one money again. But um I he is a guy where I think if he's a little sore you know, he has no problem sitting out. Now, maybe that's been because he's been on terrible teams his entire career. Um, but yeah, I, I worry about him staying healthy, personally. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I'm on. I love D Hop. I would love D Hop in Baltimore, but I mean, why not Mike Evans? Um, he's somebody I'm not that, against I mean, that either. Drew, Drew loves him. I mean, Drew definitely thinks that he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL. And See, here, here's now. the problem. This this is where my my words get. Mixed here, and I would. They went too far. I would. I would happily take Mike Evans in Baltimore. That does not make Mike Evans a top ten wide receiver. It's just he's not. He's just not. It is what it is. It's I just, just. I can't wait until this year. Mike Evans has like a sixteen hundred yard, uh, fifteen touchdown season, and and Drew's like, this is not a top five receiver in the NFL. <laughs> Here's some here's some stats from where he finished in yards after catch. Grant, I sent you that spreadsheet and you had you had nothing to say to that. I did the numbers because out. It, the, it was about the most cherry picked spreadsheet <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I'm sorry, but he's just not a top five wide receiver. Not 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 top ten wide receiver. It just it is what it is. The facts. The I did facts give you, not back up your. Opinion. I give you like major props for that too. That was funny. I, I love a good cherry pick chart like. uh you know, Raiders, I'm banned by most of Raiders Twitter, which is why I've had to explore, you know, try to maybe get in the mix with Ravens Twitter. But um, Raiders Twitter, they're the kings of doing that with Derek Carr. They'll be like third down outside the numbers. Like, this is not cherry picked to that extent. His, this, this, his, uh, his, his quarterback rating is a 120, you know. Okay. So this is the list I put together for Grant. I put together Mike Evans' rankings in receptions, yards, and touchdowns every year in his career. There was only one year that across the board he was top ten in all three categories. He was and on then some pretty I, bad he's teams. He's also got Chris Godwin too. Yeah, he was on some pretty bad teams too. But I I compared him to who'd you ask me to compare him to? I think it was DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams, and both of those guys had multiple years where they were across the board top ten in all those categories. But look at and Mike Evans. Sure. And, yeah, but again, I, I used your you know yards per route and whatever nerd stats you want me to use. But the problem is <laughs> no, you're the you're the one playing at, yards, yards after per catch. Yard, nobody gives a shit about yards per route because we'd be screwed. All we run is fucking slants <laughs> and hitches. Hey, you're just you asked me you asked me to add a bunch a bunch of whole bunch of incoherent nerd stats to this because the the facts did not support your opinion that he's a top ten wide receiver. 
Mike Evans is the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. Oh my God, that's just disrespectful. Again, you look at Kirk Cousins. You, you're 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 one claim to fame here for Mike Evans is that nine years in a row he had a thousand yards. Nine years in a row, Kirk Cousins has you know hard to do. Put up put up put up, put up decent stats. So I don't know. Again, uh, is he a longevity. top fifteen? Is he a top fifteen receiver? He's fifteen to twenty. He's oh he's God. he's 11, 11, 11 to twenty. Sorry, eleven to twenty. He's somewhere in that range. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying the guy sucks. I'm not saying the guy sucks. I'm not saying he's some awful wide receiver. At I'm minimum. Simply, I'm simply saying that there are always 10 guys better than him. Just being just being good for nine straight years is fine. Okay, he's consistent. But consistently being an 11 through 20 wide receiver does not make you top 10. To me, he, he is, if we sign him or if we trade for him, he is basically uh, Anquan Bolden hybrid. Different with, argument. With, with, Different argument. With, well, hold on. With with Steve Smith, when we got both of those players, it's like the that's the perfect combination of those two. Okay, fine, but again, we're talking good and a great signing for the Ravens. Fine, our wide receivers. Suck. You're being defensive. Says, I'm just making a comment about how how yeah. great it would be. Yeah, it would be it would be great, but you you then would take that and twist that into oh Drew thinks he's top ten. In his <laughs> I'm life. not. You're, you're arguing with Grant. No. I'm, I've been sitting on the sideline the entire There's, time. Yeah, because I I I beat you in that argument. I beat Nit in that argument, and I'll beat Grant into the ground in that argument. It's fine. He's the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. You cannot statistically tell me otherwise. Numbers do not so back up. A, so here's another one. Like if we can pull off like a trade for a D Hop and Mike Evans, depending on how the salaries are structured, we're obviously in the market for more than one receiver outside of the draft. Does Brandon Cooks get cut? No, he's interesting he has, to me. He, he has a big guaranteed. I think his his like his his dead cap if he got cut is is stupid. Yeah, but he yeah, he, want, he wants out. Yeah, no shit. But they have to trade him. I don't think they can't cut him. They're not going to eat. I think it's like twenty million bucks, something stupid like that. They're not going to eat that. I take. You have to out. come back home to Stockton. You have to come back home to Stockton, go to the hood, smoke some crystal meth, for them to cut him and eat that kind of money. He's getting. I think, you just, gave him, I think you just gave him the blueprint to Baltimore, Jake. Good job. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I mean, that Stockton's right next to me. Say, so okay. It worked for Darren Waller. Well, I mean, he almost it died, so it didn't, didn't didn't really work too well. He went, he went a little overboard, but would you trade for those. would you trade for Hunter Renfro? Yeah, why not? I would. Beggars can't be choosers. What do you I mean? mean we it, just uh, resigned Andy Isabella to a futures deal. Come on, man. I, I, I'm still I not convinced Andy Isabella is real. They need to purge <laughs> the wide receiver room. Like, just start the season with tell me who you're going to keep, and then cut everyone else. Whatever they got to do. I want to see some clarity as to like, okay, when when they're trading or signing for people, like, wh- where are they slotting in here? Because it makes me nervous with the the duration we've endured the terrorism of uh, of James Prochet. Bateman is the only Bateman is the only safe guy in my book. I think yeah. everybody else. Is I did see someone. I don't know who who tweeted it, but someone was like, "I have a feeling that Devin Duvernay is going to get traded." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that was." Gamer Gamer God twenty nine tweeted that out, and I was like, "He's like hot take. Devin Duvernay is going to get traded." I was like, "It's not a hot take, you fucking dork!" Like, fuck off. But I, but it, I would so, take him in Kansas City. I'll tell it's you a, that it's much. not a hot take, but it's one that I didn't really think about, and it it probably would be a good time to trade him. He's I think his value is probably at, at its highest right now. And so again, just, he's not he's not a guy I flip for picks, but he's a guy that. All right, so like, um, uh, McCall Hardman's a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of so, somebody of that magnitude that you just basically swap him for Duvernay. Somebody who's a little bit better than Duvernay, 
But, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you throw Duvernay and maybe like a sixth round pick, a future sixth and call it. I would do that. I would do Cord- that. Cordero Patterson. So yeah, I just looked one. up uh I just looked up Brandon Cook's salary next year. His 13 million base, 24.6 cap hit, and eight million dead if they were to move on. Interesting. So, so that's, not, that's not bad. But it sounds like a bad deal for the team that would take him on. Yeah, because then that's a sixteen million dollar cap hit for the team that takes the, him then on. Then they more than likely the Texans would pay Eat money. a portion of that Dude, cap. Yeah. Or do a new deal or something, yeah. 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 It's, like said, it's, we're it's we're tough. not we're not in the business to be scoffing at wide receivers. So I think no, 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 anybody... no, no, it's not to me, it's not about the player. I'm I'm I would love to it's have Brandon. Making Cooks. it work. It's making the money work, which is yeah. is always possible. Yeah. And we all know I'm on the Zay Flowers agenda in the draft. I started that, you dork. Again, Who? taking my movement. Me. I tweeted out that Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Bateman, and Zay Flowers should be our four going into next year months ago. Never saw so, it. So yeah, that's fine. I've watched I've watched him. <laughs> Drew's cook like, North oh Carolina sorry, that, that accounts that account's been uh I've watched him cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now he's gonna hate him. Now he's gonna hate him in like a month. No, I, I was on it first, so you just don't want me to make fun of your draft crushes. That's fine. You finally come to the right side <laughs> of history. No, I've watched him cook North Carolina for years, man. He's incredible. I watched him in person at BC, and it was just like watching, you know, like uh, I remember, you know, how when like guys in baseball go down to AAA for like a rehab start. That's yeah. exactly what it looked like. Of like, this guy does not belong on this field. He belongs at the no, He's so fucking incredible. And they're not even talking about him in the first rounds a lot. Well, now he's starting to peak more in the first rounds, but they're they had him in like second round, third round. I'm like, you all don't watch fucking football at all. Well, it's because he mm-hmm. plays for BC. That's exactly it. Was it was BC wide receiver? We're not going to pay attention to him. And then people who are actually, you know, the non-Daniel Jeremiah's of the world who are actually intelligent and watch football decided that, oh yeah, he's actually good. Yeah, and Daniel I mean, Jeremiah. Dave, was the fucking... Dave's an ACC fan. Dave's had to face against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the North Carolina receiver? Josh Downs. He's Josh pretty Downs. fucking good. He's pretty he, good too. He is. Um, He's he's a speedster. He's another really really small guy. I think he's a better version of Marquise Brown. He's a small guy that kind of plays big though, kind of like yeah. Terry McLaurin is like not a big receiver, but he kind of pull, is able to play the outsider, play the bigger role. Yeah, yeah, I like him. What what, what do you guys think about DJ Chark? I think he's a free agent. He's someone yeah. I've had my eye on. So I think he's gonna get. I will a, say uh, no. I think he's going to – oh, my God. Who, who am I thinking of? The Jaguars. Who do the Jaguars give crazy money to? Christian, um, Christian Kirk. Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk. I, I, think, I think he's this year's Christian Kirk. You think so, he's going to get that much, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get a crazy contract. I think he's a very good player, and I think, you know, for the right money, I would love him in Baltimore. I don't want to give him $25 million a year, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there's anybody – if there's any wide receiver on the market that's going to get a crazy contract, it's going to be him. Interesting. Yeah, I had him going more like – Similar to what I think Miko Hardman will get, which is between like 11 and 16 a year, which is kind of wide receiver two money just because Renfro fucked up the wide receiver two market. Um, But yeah, I'll be interested. There's not a ton of free agents talent uh, in the NFL for receivers this year, but it is a pretty, I mean, I think every year for the rest of time, it's going to be a heavy wide receiver draft. I think there's so many good young wide receivers I almost want to just take risks in the draft. Sky Moore. Oh, he stinks. He stinks. <laughs> I drafted him on so many in so many fantasy leagues thinking that he was Ugh. gonna be the fucking sleeper of the year. Yeah. That fucking terrible. That guy's terrible. Fucking terrible. Yeah. He'll he'll get a little bit better, but I mean he he isn't very good. He isn't very good. 
No. Would you guys be interested in Miko Hardman? I think his outside perception is a lot better than it is within certain Chiefs fans. He's a decent player, but I don't think he'll ever be a – he was a guy this offseason that was like, oh, now that Tyreek's gone, I'm going to step up. I'm the leader in the room. Like, you know, yeah, well, he, he had, that, that had a one, normal season. He had one game where he had three touchdowns. They were all like Andy Reid handoff touchdowns, yeah. though. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I've liked him. So I liked him at Georgia, and, I mean, I like him, but I think he's a guy that he thinks he's a whole lot better than what he is. Yeah. George Pickens. Yeah. Uh, we, we call that the, uh, we call uh, that the George yeah. Pickens syndrome. We call that the Hollywood <laughs> Brown. Off. Georgia wide receiver thinks he's better than he actually is and should get the ball. That sounds a lot like uh, number number fourteen in Pittsburgh. But it, it, Hardman Hardman will always interest me just because of the speed. Like you can't teach somebody to be fast. And so yeah. like if he, he is Hollywood up, Brown. They're the same person. He is. He is Hollywood Brown. Except Hollywood Brown has produced a lot more in his career than I think Nicole has. If I I'm pretty does, sure. I mean, me, me, does Nicole Hardman fall forty six times? Does he? Yeah, does Nicole uh, Hardman fall down when he, as soon as he catches the ball, or does he actually keep moving forward? He moves forward, but he's not a deep threat the same way. I know it wasn't consistent, but he's not a deep threat the way I don't know if I've ever seen him catch a deep ball uh, the way Hollywood did for a little while. Again, like we're so fucked in the head wide receiver wise as Ravens fans that like you could yeah. pretty, pretty much sign anybody and we convince ourselves that it's a good signing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of kind of scary. Like Demarcus Robinson, I, I've made several jokes about him being wide receiver one, just because again he was better than he was. Had. It's crazy. Well, at the time uh, he was. At the time he yeah. was. He's a guy that catches the ball and runs backwards and loses you a first down. I don't think he did it as much this year as he used to. He's also a guy with like the worst ball security of all time. Like he catches the ball. Oh, we saw that. He, he, just, he yep. loafs that thing out there. Used to drive me crazy. But he's a good, good blocker, good guy. You got to wonder what a guy had to do to get kicked out of Florida during that era of Florida Gators football, but seems like a good guy. Killed somebody on camera, I'm sure. That seemed to be the uh, yeah. you know, yeah. the cutoff there. Yeah. Jake. Say it's about that time. <laughs> I'd say it's about that time. I thought he fell That's asleep. Gonna That's going to do it now. I'm on the way. That's going to do it for this week's installment. We will be back to discuss further things along the offseason and maybe the Ravens will hire an OC maybe they won't next week but Al it's time for me to die see ya Zone, Zone 32 32